about now. Okay, that's better. Good morning and welcome to. I thought those. Uh, I thought those buttons never got turned off. Well, they were doing a remote. Oh, okay. All right. Well, slow start there. I'm sorry. This is. Uh, Start your engines on a beautiful Saturday morning here from Spartanburg, South Carolina. And uh, once again, I'm trying to get the hang of this with the uh, rendered controls. And uh, we have with us Ronnie Black this morning. How are you doing, Ronnie? I'm doing great this morning. And it was a little bit different for you this morning because we had the live remote going on. So some of the different buttons on the, the board were pushed. Yeah. And we didn't take time to set it like we needed. And we didn't. I, I didn't know to look for that. I do now, but uh, okay. So, almost had it right. And we've got uh, Alan Hill with us. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, man. And, uh, of course, Alan's going to give us our local uh, results and uh, his uh, experience at Cherokee Speedway last week, which we will uh, get into a little bit later. And, Greg, good morning to you. I'm here. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. I'm not hearing Greg at all now. Keep talking, Greg. Well, we're having another glitch here, Ronnie. What's uh? Everything Well, I don't. Uh, I don't see. Uh, I don't see Greg. Greg, keep talking. We got to figure this out here. Well, that'll work. But it is Monday morning in Martinville. We'll get into that a little. Bit. Okay, we got a real, real rough beginning to the show here. Y'all gonna have to share a microphone until we figure that out. I don't know what's going on. But uh, what I wanted, Greg, talk, talk into the other mic, Greg. Just swing that one out of the way. Talk into that one. And uh, tell us, uh, you've got us a fantastic guest this morning. Well, I feel like we do. No, there's no doubt about it. We got the great Darrell Walter. And, uh, you know, he's taking some time out, as busy as he is. Super nice guy. Uh, great in announcing booths. And he, 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 sharing some of his time to come on about 10 20 and talk 10 minutes or 15 minutes or what he's got time for but uh like i say we've been lucky enough to get him a couple of times and and this this time's going to be a good time because right after martinsville and then we got these rules in it. i think it's gonna be fun yep daryl's uh daryl's a great guest and all right now we're see, see if that pull it down greg and see if it's working say something Oh, it's unplugged right there. I see it from here. Wait a minute. I'm sorry about this. There you go. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. there you go. All it was for plugging something, man. <laughs> well, I've never seen that come unplugged before either. Oh, I hadn't either. And it does work a whole lot better when you plug the microphone in, doesn't it? Okay, so we're off to a, this is what you call a, it's like having a, a pile up going into the first turn on the first lap, the beginning of this show. But uh, I think we got it all squared away now, and I am going to tell you another guest that we're going to have. Now, Daryl's at 1020 at 11 o'clock, just after the top of the hour. This is something I've been working on for about a month, maybe a little longer. I have uh, located up in uh, Indiana the last surviving riding mechanic that ever rode in an Indianapolis 500, and uh, that was in 1937, and his name is Jack Crabb, and uh, Mr. Crabb has consented to come on the show. It took a little bit to document that he is on the level, and he is. And um, we will have him on right after 11 o'clock. He's 99 years old, Greg. He's uh, He was born in 1920. Well, you know, Perry's been 
really keeps up with open wheel. I love open wheel too. In Indianapolis, and I was always fascinated about the fact that they used the two, you know, a mechanic or whoever they wanted to to be in the other seat. And uh, it was usually a mechanic. Yeah, and uh, the concept of it really kind of neat. It wasn't exactly the safest thing in the world, but prepared to locate the last guy, you know, that ever done it. I, I, I think that's I think that's fantastic. Like I say, uh, we tried to guesstimate his age. No, we know his age. He was born January fifteenth, uh, 1920. So he's he's 99 years old. He just turned 99 when he when he rode at Indianapolis. He was 17. And but um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get into that later. We have so much stuff to cover today that I don't know how we're going to get it all in there. Uh, the new schedule was announced this week, which is just mind blowing to me with everything that went on, and especially the back to back. 400 mile races on two consecutive days in june at pocono i mean that's who came up with that idea I mean, and, and actually got it instituted is uh is amazing to me and that's one of the things i want to hear daryl talk about yeah that they that caught me by surprise i mean there's always been an argument of changing the schedule around and well, doing some different things well they finally done it this time and uh i never did like the fact that they ended at homestead I always felt like they needed to end in a track in the southeast. Well, they didn't. They're going to to Phoenix. Well, see, that's another thing. <laughs> they didn't do it in the southeast. They're going to Phoenix where they, they're pretty much, I think, trying to assure themselves that they won't have a rain out. Greg, how many times were we, to get, were we together back in those days at uh, the 4th, July, 4th of July race at, at, uh, at Daytona? Well, Perry, you know as well as I do. Uh, every time we was down there, and Bill Senior always started at at ten thirty when it was a two fifty. When it was a two fifty, well, even when did they got up at the four hundred? I think they started they started a little bit earlier. But this this was a point you can set your watch in the Daytona Fort Lauderdale area, and I knew Marines that was stationed down there. And you about set your watch, it, you was going to get a big thunder shower at three o'clock every afternoon, whether you wanted or not. I mean, that's that's just the way it worked. Well, let's draw the stuff that NASCAR does and get so much of it right that, that we enjoy. When they get something wrong, boy, it's a doozy. Well, I don't, you know, who knows if it's wrong? It sounds wrong. By the way, Fort Lauderdale and Daytona are about three, about 200 miles apart, but that's okay. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the point I was going to say is that that's gone now. They moved Daytona. I think it's the last race before the chase starts in late August, and Indianapolis got the 4th of July. So uh, Indianapolis with the Indy cars, of course, is on Memorial Day, and uh, now they've got the 4th of July for the stock cars. So they've sort of got the the summer uh, cornered there with the with the big summer holidays. And, of course, Darlington's got Labor Day, and they just got it back in the last few years because they took it away from them. So... Uh, we got all that to talk about. I can't wait to hear what Daryl has to say about it. Uh, I don't think we mentioned it last week. If we did, it was only briefly. But Greg is uh, leading our sort of in-house point standings here, two to one over Nelson. And um, for some reason, this astute panel of experts here couldn't pick the winner last week. And uh, Nelson and I are usually fighting over who gets Keselowski, and neither one of us picked him, and he won the race. So. Go figure. I've been last a lot of times in this pool here, but I, I'm pretty proud of what I've done this year. Well, you're leading the pack, and if you keep picking uh, Kyle Bush, you might be okay, of course. 
Once again, last night, Kyle Busch uh, had a benefit. They had a benefit truck race for him down there last uh, at Texas, and I tore myself away from Duke and um, I can't remember who they were playing now. That was a heck of a game. Duke and Virginia Tech and watched the end of the truck race. And there, there were a couple of decent laps there with about 20 laps to go. But as when it wound down, he got long gone after a couple of them mixed it up and running side by side and everything. And he has now won four truck races in a row. He didn't win Daytona and he's won the next four. So to me, it's that's crushingly boring. I'm not even going to go with the passing Richard Petty or whatever because as far as I'm concerned... That is, that's not a legitimate thing. And um, so we we are going to try to cover trucks. Uh, so so that's about all I'm going to say about the trucks, actually. Uh, the uh, the results last night were, uh, I'll get it out of the way now. Cal Bush beat Stuart Friesen. Johnny Sauter was third. Grant Enfinger was the points leader. He was fourth. And Matt Crafton was fifth. So, uh and the name of that race was the Vancor 350. Does any know anybody know what a Vancor is? That was my going to be my first question. Vancor, I looked it up. Oops, is a uh, they are a commodities broker for gas and oil, and they uh, also help uh, the logistics from the oil field to the gas pump. So it's uh, you know named after. An oil field in Russia, but they're based in Rockwall, Texas. So anyway, that that was the Vancor race, and uh, the point standings now: Stuart Friesen is the leader. Grant Enfinger six points back in second. Ben Rhodes is third. Johnny Sauter fourth, and Brett Moffitt fifth. And I think that's about all we're going to talk about with the trucks. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast and the Budmore Engineering website. He does a great job, and. Uh, once again, with that rough start we had, I don't know if he can shine that up a little bit for the podcast, but uh, yeah. He can we, do some amazing things. <laughs> yeah, we always want to thank Lanny for the good work that he does. Uh, they had qualifying yesterday at Texas, which uh, was another fiasco. From I was at a uh, birthday lunch for uh, dinner for my wife last night, who I want to dedicate the first hour of this show to. It's her birthday Monday. April Fool's Day, and uh, but Alan was telling me about it, texting me. He says, "Are you watching this stuff?" And uh, I really couldn't get into it while I was eating my uh, pepper steak. But Jimmy Johnson did eventually win the qualifying, and uh, they got thirty nine cars out there, which is close to what I would call a full field. Uh, in fact, it's a uh, Hendrick first three positions with a. Uh, Jimmy Johnson on the pole, William Byron second. First time that 24 has been up there in a while. Chase Elliott qualified third. Daniel Suarez fourth. Austin Dillon fifth. Then Denny Hamlin, Daniel Hemrick, Joey Logano, Ty Dillon, and Bubba Wallace. So Texas is a fast, tricky track, and I look for that to be a, hopefully a pretty decent race. That will be Saturday afternoon. I think that starts at 1 o'clock. I'll find out for sure. And um, Xfinity, Xfinity's today at 1. Uh, they're probably qualifying. I think qualifying started at 10 o'clock, so they're on the track right now. Um, of course, as I mentioned and touched on a few minutes ago, they did run the uh, uh, cup results at Martinsville. With, uh, or did they, they ran the race, which was the STP 500. Brad Keselowski was the winner. 
Chase, nobody picked him. Chase Elliott was second. Kyle Busch third. Ryan Blaney fourth. And Denny Hamlin fifth. And those points now shake out with uh, Kyle Busch is still the leader with a 20-point spread over Denny Hamlin in second. Kevin Harvick is third. Joey Logano fourth. And Brad Keselowski is fifth, 37 points behind. Uh, Greg, did you have something you wanted to say or, or uh, Alan? Uh, just a little bit about this qualifying that they had this uh, yesterday evening. They, they brought them down pit road and told them that they could double double lined up, but they had to leave the middle open. And uh, some of these old boys, you know how they start reading these rules? And Clint Borger was kind of uh, vocal about it a little bit and saying that you cannot block the center line. Uh so it, it come down through there that Ryan Newman was coming down. The middle line was going to look like he was going to go out to qualify. Clint Boyer fell out behind him. And as he come up through there, all of a sudden there's a little bitty opening on the left-hand side. And Ryan Newman jumps in that little bitty opening and stops and leaves Clint Boyer kind of left out to dry. He had to go on out. And whenever he went on out, he was the first car. So everybody kind of followed him out. Well, you know where he went. He was the last car. So, just so happened, they come up and interviewed him after the qualifying, and he was vocal again about it. <laughs> you know how clean he is. Well, I mean, are we no better off than we were? Because uh, that's supposed to be a revamped, better thing. I, why in the world don't they just go out there and qualify? Well, they just, uh, you know, they, they thought they, NASCAR comes up with this deal of, uh, I think we got it fixed, boys. But guess what? These boys on pit road, they are sitting here just waiting for this, just they, they try to figure it out. Whereas NASCAR tries to figure out how to stop them, they trying to figure out their best way to be able to qualify up front. Well, I don't, I don't understand why they're doing it like that. But I don't know. We're arguing about it every week, or not arguing, discussing it, and well, dissing it. Our next guest, he was a little bit vocal about it last night on TV too. So uh, we'll probably get into it with him whenever he comes on the air this morning, and you know, well, that's going to be in about. Uh, a few minutes right after we get done with this commercial break. So uh, let's take a time out right now and regroup a little bit and come back and talk to Daryl Waltrip. You are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. No, 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 down the bottom corner. There. Okay. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. 
Rises up and stuffs it down. The honor. And the Blue Devils reach down and slap the floor. Here come the Blue Devils. The brotherhood. This is Duke basketball. Follow the Blue Devils all season long on your home for Duke basketball. Duke and Spartanburg Zone, Zion Williamson, right here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your haircut like you like it and in a fun man cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. For everything happening here at the station, download our Fox Sports 1400 app today. Type Fox Sports 1400 to search Google Play or the Apple Store to get started. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studios. And it is my great pleasure to bring on Hall of Famer, Daytona 500 winner, three-time champion, you name it, Fox personality on television now for, a good grief, about 19 years or so, Mr. Daryl Waltrip. Good morning, Daryl. Hey, good morning. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been an interesting uh, journey, I might say, uh, Started off, you know, back in 1972 down in Talladega. Walked in that garage, and and uh, and Talladega been there ever since. So, uh, met a lot of interesting people, had a lot of great experiences, and had a pretty interesting career. And one of the interesting people you got to meet was Greg Moore. Is that correct? Oh, you talking about Bud's son? Yeah, one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the baby. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that that you know. When I look back on all the things I've done, the, the, the little bit of time I got to drive Bud's car, the 15 car, um, that that was one of the more, um, I wouldn't say one of my more successful outings, but I did learn a lot from Bud. Uh, he was a great mechanic, great crew chief, and a uh, good leader of his team, had some good people, and uh, I think we just got together at the wrong time. Maybe things have been a little bit different. I could have driven for him a lot longer, but only drove about a half a year there, Bobby Isaac got out of the car and Bud called me. I was a rookie and he asked me what, you know, what I like to drive the car. It was a, I was flattered. And, uh, we had, we did a little, we did a little bit of good, but not a lot. So, uh, I was, I was really kind of looking forward to an extended stay down there. And then George former come along, he had a sponsor deal and I didn't have anything. And so Bud went with George, but it was, it was, uh, it was a good learning experience. Now, Karen, I'll tell you what, you've done a real good job because, you know, that car is basically experimental. And yeah. I don't think we ever out, I think about fourth the worst we qualified out of those races. And we was on the outside pole and had the car to beat. And then we go up there to Charlotte and people are pulling a lot of strings on us and we holding on a strong fourth. But yeah. I, but under circumstances, I thought that we'd done really, really good. And my, my brother, Darrell, who's the same 
the same age as, as Daryl, that's just spelt different. We were yeah. so tickled, <laughs> and we were real reluctant, even though we knew George was the first super trap that, that we didn't. Daryl Walsh was going to be mine in Daryl's future, I hope. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't fall. It well, didn't fall in place. But uh, no, it didn't. But uh, Daryl, wh- what do you think? Give us, give us your impact on a little bit about the schedule change. Well, it's uh, I've I've said for a long time that, and uh, there's a number of issues that NASCAR kept avoiding, and to me, the schedule was one of them. The schedule was, hadn't been user friendly in a long, long time. When I say user friendly, I'm talking about maybe. The fans, I don't think it really matters that much to them. They they look at the schedule, they decide what race you're going to do. But from a competitor standpoint of view, when you're crisscrossing the country all the time, jumping from here to there, and I use this example, and and it's the best one I could use on why we needed to to rework the schedule. And I don't think they're finished with it yet. But when we go out west, we do the West Coast swing. We do uh, uh, Vegas, Phoenix, and Montana. On the way to uh, to Vegas, we go right by the Texas Motor Speedway. On the way back from Vegas, we go right by the Texas Motor Speedway. On the way to Fontana or Phoenix, if you come or go, if you stay out there, it's one thing. But if you're coming back, we pass Texas Motor Speedway six times before we race here. That's we race amazing. three West Coast races, and then we go all the way to Martinsville, run a short track, and then come back to Texas. So to me, that was that was a glaring example of what NASCAR was faced with and what they needed to correct and make it a little bit more, as I said, user-friendly. And I'm talking about the, the teams and the people that have to move this show all over the country to make it work. So happy to see them get involved in the schedule. I do believe, you know, I think a lot of people haven't forgotten. Maybe they've forgotten. Maybe they hadn't realized. But NASCAR signed a five-year deal with all these racetracks uh Four years ago now, it'll be five next year, um, that they couldn't make a change and they couldn't change anything about the schedule and they were guaranteed or races and all those things. So I do believe that them getting together with all the tracks and everybody agreeing on these changes that we've seen take place for next year, uh, that's a great accomplishment on NASCAR's part. But I also believe <clears throat> some of those things are experimental. I think what they're going to do at Pocono is an experiment. If it happens to work out pretty well, we may see that happen at a few other racetracks this year in 2021. But I think people are happy about what they did for 20. But I really think the bigger changes are going to be in 21 when NASCAR kind of is freed up a little bit to uh, change things around and maybe maybe eliminate some tracks, maybe add some tracks. I don't know. But I do know that that's been it's something that's discussed. And listen. People always ask me, so what, DW, what's your five-year plan? I never had a five-year plan. I had a day-to-day plan. <laughs> and I kind of think that's the way we run the sport. Uh, but I, I do believe that the regime that's in there now, the people that run the sport now, they're looking down the road. They're looking at a new car in 21. I think they're looking at a whole new schedule in 21. So 20 is kind of a bye year. And in 21, I think we'll see a lot of things happen that, that I think I think will make a big difference. Daryl, doesn't that... Back-to-back days at Pocono, though, I mean, wouldn't that kind of <laughs> rub the uh, hoteliers and the restaurateurs and all the people like that up there the wrong way? Because it's, it's lumping all their uh, income, um, the big big part of it, into one weekend when at least they had it spread over uh, one weekend a month apart. Well, yeah, 
I think the problem with Pocono is we, the, the races were too close together. I mean, we're talking about, you know, about five or six weeks between our events. I think when you're faced with the here, – here's what Pocono, I think. I don't know. I wasn't there. But if, I'm thinking Pocono was probably said, look, you're going to lose a race. So this is an alternative for you to capitalize on one one race. But the thing that's interesting to me is I have not heard a soul talk about how they're going to do it. How are you going to? You're going to run two races on one on Saturday, one on Sunday. <clears throat> you're going to qualify both days. You're going to run the same car both days. Is it going to be 250 miles? Is it going to be 300 miles? Is it going to be four? What? What's the length of the two events? How are you going to? Uh, uh, how are you going to get everything lined up to do a race on Saturday? Turn right around and race again on Sunday. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, for me, uh, when they look at, at, you know, when they talk about what they want to do at Pocono. But I do think, I think Dover is another example of possibly the same thing. If, if it works at Pocono and they come to, come out with a process that everybody's happy with and they, and it, and it is successful, I think we might be able to, we might see this at some other racetracks that have, uh, they have two dates, but they don't always pack the house. So, uh, I think, I think there's a lot of things on the table. Uh, I think Indy's on the table. I mean, we Indy is an incredible venue, and we've always felt like it was a privilege for us to be there. Fourth of but July, the crowds, now. yeah. But the crowds, the crowds just haven't shown up. So they moved that race to July. Never thought I'd see the day that Daytona would give up a Fourth of July race. Yep, I didn't back either. In your, <laughs> back in our day, you know, dates were were uh, sacred. You just didn't mess with dates. So the fact that they moved that race to uh, Indy, the Fourth of July race to Indy tells me they're trying to help that track survive but if something doesn't i think if if we don't see some good results from moving that race to a different time um i think that race is on the, is is on the table as well as one we got to look at and see if we're going to continue to go there or not hey maybe we go there and run on the road course that seems to be the people seem to like that they like the roval maybe we go to india and run the road course i don't know i think there's a lot of things that are being discussed there's one thing about it I'd love to see Darrell Waltrip run that road because Darrell Waltrip would drive a road course. <laughs> I mean, really, I love he, those road he can drive, drive all the racetracks. I mean, just but you know lot. what was you know what was funny um, when I when I went with when I went to work for Bud and of course Bud was famous. You know, I was just a rookie. I was a kid. I didn't know a whole lot. Um, but I did as I got involved, and that was the first time I'd driven for someone else, and uh, so I, I did I did get on the inside of Bud. Was very close with NASCAR. Uh, Bill France and he were uh, friends most of the time. Bud had a great relationship with all the Ford people. I remember Edson Ford hanging around over at the shop. Uh, so it, it was a it, it was kind of an eye opener for me. Uh, I saw what the inside of of a uh, big league race team looked like. But I think what people don't remember about that era or about that time was Bud ran that little three fifty one engine, and everybody else was still running the big box, the four twenty sevens, and so we were the pretty big disadvantage you could qualify pretty well in that car because you could run the heck out of it and hold it wide open and get some speed out of it but when you got in a race you were you just couldn't compete with those bigger engines they had more acceleration and and uh, and they had a little more horsepower but and here i am a rookie i don't know diddly squad and so uh you know i i think i just got in that car that car turned out eventually to be as good as anybody's because we went to the small block everybody did and that's when bud's car was pretty competitive but i think we just just unfortunate for bud and for me and for all you guys 
uh, you know, David Ip became a good friend of mine. He became a crew chief of mine. He worked for Bud and some other people that were there. Uh, they were all good people. And uh, it just, I think my timing was just a little off there before getting in that car. We're talking to Daryl Waltrip, who is uh, telling us about his opinion of the schedule. And I want to get your opinion on something else here. And I want to bring in, uh, I know you uh, worked with Mike Hill for several years there with Junior Johnson and the Mountain Dew Cars. Well, his brother, Alan, is part of our show here that covers the local scene. And uh, Alan is going to talk to you about the qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. Mike hey, buddy. Said, Mike said hey this morning. He uh, Yeah, man. He really enjoyed, you know, racing with you in that time and stuff like that. And uh, I texted him and I said, I think y'all dominated kind of up there at Bristol. He said, yeah, one seven in a row at Bristol was leading. Yeah. Had it on cruise control and broke the rear on the eighth one. Yeah, we were. But uh, to win, you know, almost three and a half years constantly at Bristol. But let's get back to this qualifying. Uh NASCAR thought they had it fixed, but they don't realize that these boys on pit road, they they, they kind of read between the lines on these things. Uh, the deal with Ryan Newman and Clint Boyer yesterday, Ryan looked like he was going to go, and all of a sudden he found a spot on the left-hand side and kind of ducked back in. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 we've, we've taken – this is what happens so many times. Uh, one of my favorite things is unintended consequences. NASCAR makes a rule, and then the teams go to work to figure out how to get around the rule or use the rule to their advantage. But, look, qualifying ought to be pretty simple. We we all complained about single-car qualifying, and the way they did it was boring. I mean, when they send a car out and let him run two laps and let him coast in, and then send another, it took three hours to qualify. That was ridiculous. So, in my opinion, single-car qualifying is, will fix this problem. Just send them out what I call rapid fire. Car takes the green. When he goes by, you run one lap. Car takes the green. Send a car right behind him. So there's a, there's two cars on the racetrack just about all the time, and you can run through the whole field in somewhere around an hour. So you could do it that way if you want to look at single car qualifying like we've always done traditionally. The other thing you could do, which I think would solve the problem, you let them have their three rounds like they have now. Send them all out at once, all 40 of them. Send them all out and let them do whatever they're going to do. Set on pit road, wait till the last minute, whatever they want to do. And then you get 24. The final 12, the 12 guys that are going to run for the pole, you send them out by themselves. You line them up on pit road and you do the same thing, rapid fire. You send one out, as soon as he goes by, you send another. As soon as he goes by, you send another one. And then, you, then you've solved the problem. But for whatever reason, uh, you know, when we all have great suggestions or here's how I do it and here's how you solve the problem, those seem to be the last things that NASCAR wants to do. They want to be the ones to come up with the solution. They want to be the ones that have all these great ideas. They want to want to be the ones to get all the credit when other people have good ideas, better ideas, and maybe would work better than what they do, but they're always reluctant to do what other people suggest. So that's where we are. There, I couldn't agree with you more about, you know, NASCAR is a very organized system because they just run out with prize money and and Big Bill fixed that. But, yeah, it, it's got to be a situation where uh, the idea, even if it was something you told them uh, three years earlier, when they finally implement it, now, if it don't work, might get blamed for it or whatever. They say, say <laughs> nothing. But if it does work, then it's NASCAR's idea. Definitely. Yeah, well, I always say one of my favorite sayings is, hear me now, believe me later. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, 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 and so many times... 
like the schedule. I've been complaining about the schedule for 10 years. Hear me now, believe me later. Oh, franchising. When I had my own race team back in the 90s, I sat down with Bill France here and I said, we need to figure out a way to put a value on these teams. And at the, at the time, IndyCar was going through a very similar situation. And it, it was the demise of IndyCar for a while. And that's what Bill always threw up in my face. He said, you want to end up like IndyCar? You want to look like them? So don't ever bring that franchising, or now they call it charters. Don't bring that around here because, you know, we don't need that. So, you know, take that idea and set on it. But we're not going to ever do that. So that's another one of those things that I think I've asked about, talked about, have for a long, long time. Hear me now, believe me later. They heard me, but they didn't believe me. Now they believe me. And I think the same way a lot of things take place, a lot of good ideas come from outside sources, whether it's you, me, uh, fans, whatever. They come from outside sources. And I think you look at what other series do and how it works for them, what we do and how it works for us, and you come up with a solution instead of something different every week. I mean, did you ever think that you would have a rule book that pretty much was devoted to how you qualify a car. I mean, it's ridiculous. Line up on pit road. You got to be on this side. You got to be on that side. Can't clog up the middle. Oh, you clogged up the middle. Well, he didn't mean to. It was an accident. I mean, it's it's just too much, too much interpretation. Too much left up to discretion of the official. And every official looks at some 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 in a different kind of way. So, uh, look, this is simple sport. Pretty damn simple. And when they start complicating it, that's when it gets out of hand. So, you know that old theory, that old theory, kiss the kiss principle. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, you exceeded that, Daryl. I tell you what, uh, it was. Did you, did you have one more thing to say? Because yeah, we're let's, out of time. Yeah, this is Alan. Uh, I'm going to tell you. Is I know we're on short time here, but I got about two or three dirt cars down here, and we race at Gaffney. If you want to get that helmet and goggles back out, come on down here to Gaffney, and I'll let you have one of these cars for a race one night. Oh, listen, Robert, my, my great oh, my great friend Robert G., they used to run Gaffney all the time with Billy Scott and Hayward Flower. And I don't even remember all the people. And Dale raced down at Gaffney. And, Charlie Blanton. Uh, yeah, uh, those were some great days. Of course, things have changed, and you got a lot of different young kids down there racing now. But no, I, I love dirt. I love the I, I wasn't very good on dirt. I didn't run a lot of dirt. I didn't I didn't like getting dirty, to tell you the truth. I like my stuff clean. <laughs> Um, and, and pristine as I could, but uh, I love to watch cars, and I love to watch sprint cars, midgets. I like to watch late models on dirt. So it's a it's a very entertaining show. So uh, good luck with that. Thank I'm you. glad you're still in business, da- Darren. I have a million other things to talk to you about, and we could we could do the whole two hours uh, of the show with you. But I appreciate so much you uh, uh, coming on the show with us, and and once again, it proves that Greg gets us the best. Yeah, well, you know, Mike, you're talking about Mike Hill. Mike was one of the uh, one of the most loyal, uh, dependable uh, crew members that I ever worked around. And, and it was kind of funny with Mike. Um, Hammond and and uh, Tim Brewer and different ones. But Mike would do all the work and somebody else would get all the credit. And so uh, I know he works down there with Gary Nelson now on the, on the uh, IMSA car. But Mike is an incredibly uh, good man, a good, uh, a good teammate. And uh, was a great guy to work around, and he's always been a a, a good friend. I've always kind of de- <laughs> I was always regretted that he didn't get more credit for the things that got done than he did. Daryl, thank you so much for coming on. You got seven words you can say to us to get us out of here. 
Oh, I can get you guys. No, I can get you going. I, I, I can shut you down, whichever way you want to go. But anyway, boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. Thank you so All much. All right. Thank you, Darrell. How about that? That's Darrell Waltrip, and we uh, thank him for coming on the show. Greg, you did a great job. You get us the best guests, I can tell you that. Wasn't that fantastic? That was great. That was great. I mean, even though I've been good friends with you for years, it, it's always, I'm always in little, literally awe when we get him on the telephone. And like I say, we could have about a month worth of talking to him, and we still probably wouldn't scratch the surface. Well, he, I had so many other things I wanted to talk to him about, and we didn't get close, but real tickle was what we did do. So let's take our break here. We're going to come back with Nelson Crozier. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because Hot Dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the Memories. Lined in the gap, the right center to the track. He's to the wall. Another grand slam home run. Catch the Gamecocks in action on the diamond all season long. Did he catch that ball? He did. Swing and a miss. He got it. Swung on, line drive, base hit at the wall. He looks up. It's gone. And you can put spurs on this one. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. So, what if you're walking out to your car after work today and it's been mashed by a runaway garbage truck? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. Having your own State Farm agent means having a real person there to help you when things go wrong. So when accidents happen, you've got someone you know who will be there when you need them. Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg is that State Farm agent. Cliff's got your back when things go wrong. Call Cliff Gobert on East Main Street today, 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Janie Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Janie's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott sets the bar high. He provides superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janie's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Chris Foster puts both his first and last name on his business, and that means something. Chris Foster Heating and Air has served Spartanburg for over a decade. If you need 
repair work or installation on any heating or air system for your home or business. Need gas logs and major gas appliance work or a water heater or space heaters? Call the guy that uses both his first and last names. Chris Foster Heating and Air at 707-2343. And because things can need repair at any time, there's no upcharge for nights, weekends, or holidays. Chris Foster Heating and Air, 707-2343. Calling all insomniacs. This is KB. I'm up late and I've got a show for you. Up Late with KB airs right here on Fox Sports 1400. Weeknights from 11 to 1. Maybe this is the show to help you fall asleep. Well, not exactly. Hope you like great music and rather urban sports talk often mixed together. It's Up Late with KB weeknights at 11 right here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Welcome back to Start Your Engines. And uh, what 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 you pointing at there, Ronnie? Phone. Phone. Okay. Come up with Nelson here. I'm still learning to do this, Nelson. How you doing this morning, buddy? I was doing pretty good. Uh, you know, a little bit of delay here in Texas. Uh, had some rain, so I finished drying the track. And I'm getting ready to have Xfinity qualifying. You're out there in Texas this week? Right. Well, that's great. So we are live from the Texas Motor Speedway. Um well, I want to get your impressions right off the bat here. We just had Darrell Walter do 20 minutes on uh, on the schedule and qualifying and a little bit about his history with Bud Moore. But uh, what's your take on this qualifying schedule? It's uh, pretty radical. Well, it's a bunch of people playing games. Uh, you know, they try to put it into an hour format, uh, you know, so TV has a good show from it. Uh but then, you know, the team kind of, you know, made a mockery of it. I uh, think they need to go back to either single car qualifying uh, or they've got to go where they have uh, group qualifying. So, you know, everybody's got to go out. Uh, you know, when qualifying opens, you get on the track and they just time uh, everybody. Nothing like this, wait until the last minute to go out. Uh, you know. It's almost like going to a lawyer and he's going to find a loophole, uh, you know, whatever the law is. And that's what they're doing with these rules and regulations. Uh, they're just finding loopholes, uh, you know, that they can use to benefit themselves. But it, it's hurting uh, the race fans sitting in the stands, the race fans watching on TV. They're not enjoying it. Uh, well, you know, I... Nelson's, uh, I mean, uh, Alan Hill's been watching it for us, uh, sort of reporting to me every Saturday morning because I, I, I just usually don't have time to do everything I have to do each day and watch the qualifying. It maybe if it was more exciting or something, I would watch it. But um, the way it's right now, Alan's been telling me about it, and it seems like every Saturday morning he's telling me about some sort of fiasco. Well. Qualifying doesn't mean anything. Sure, if you get the pole, that's one thing. But the rest of it, you're guaranteed a spot. So, uh, you know, what's the point of it? Uh, you got to have something where it means something. Whether they give points for qualifying, uh, they need to do something to make it where uh, you can't play games like they are now. 
Yeah, well, you know, that's not a bad idea. And I think some some series have given points for qualifying before. Uh, uh, I think Indy might have done that at one time or maybe Formula One. Somebody did it, I can remember. And uh, actually, that might be part of the solution. Or, or a pair of mutual betting. How would that work? <laughs> Do something well, no, to spice have, it up. We have pair of mutual betting now. Joe, uh, know, that's why... Uh, We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to... Uh, we've had torrential rains. Uh, we've had the fire there, which got to race, uh, you know, postponed before. So uh, weather's a big thing. And the other thing you've got to consider, what other major sporting events are taking place uh, in a given area at a given time? Uh, obviously, you don't want to have a salt race when uh, the Panthers are playing in town. Uh I think there's something up in Martinsville uh, on Martinsville weekend. Uh, you know, some big events. So you really got to look at the schedule for all sports and events, uh, whether it's a civic event, whether it's a sporting event, uh, and what the weather is before you try to, uh, you know, plug a race into that particular point. You know, I even heard him talking about the possibility of running an, a, a doubleheader with Indy. Indy cars. And, oh, uh, Lord. Uh, I don't know how that would work. That would be interesting. But uh, right, we'll go up there for that one. Well, I, well, not necessarily at Indy, though. I mean, they've run Indy cars at Texas. And, of course, the last time they ran them at Charlotte, it was a, a horrible disaster. And they have that was in 1999, and they still haven't finished that race. But Indy cars have run at Atlanta, I don't think, under the new configuration. But, uh, um, you know, it's they're thinking outside the box with the Roval and all this other stuff. So who knows what's on the table? Right. Uh, one other thing that's been discussed, having this doubleheader at Pocono, uh, can they turn the track around overnight so that they run uh, the Saturday race uh, around the uh, uh, triangular track and then the Sunday race would be on a road course? Uh, I, you know, and I knew 
Pocono had a road course, but I, I mean, that thing's not race ready, is it? Could, could you actually run a stock car race on that on the Pocono road course? Uh, I believe you could, but the question is, between Saturday and Sunday, can they turn it around from one to the other? Uh, yeah, but there's a world, there's a way, but that would definitely make it interesting. Well, I think the uh, way the way I read it right now is it's back to back 400 milers, and you're not running a 400 miler on a road course. No, uh, you know, for 2020, uh, everything's pretty well set. But in 2021, the five year contract with uh, the current five year contract with the racetracks is up. So NASCAR has a lot of flexibility then about awarding uh, your new dates to the racetracks. Yeah, and I think I've even heard some talk of maybe, well, you know, the way the schedule's right now, there's back-to-back off weekends, the last weekend of August and the first weekend of, Ju- of uh, not the first weekend, or maybe it is the first weekend in July, but somewhere in there, it's, uh, no, the last weekend in July and the first weekend in August. That's what I'm trying to say. Those are right. those are mm-hmm. off weekends, and uh, I mean, when in the world have they ever had off weekends Hardly at all in the summer, let alone back to back. So that that's that's a twist. I guess everybody can go to hunting and to the Bahamas and take a vacation or test. Right. Well, that used to be one of the things Greg remembers for July race at Daytona. Everybody went out on Francis' boat and went uh, went to the islands. Yeah, I think so, you know for a number of years that was a tradition. Right. Um, you know. You and I usually arguing and fighting and scrapping over who gets uh, Keselowski. I think we outsmarted ourselves last weekend. I think we did. Well, you go ahead, and I'll let you have the first pick this week. Hmm. Nelson? Yeah, you know, I... <laughs> it's a two-hour show. I think I'm going to try Logano. Okay, Joey Logano. Greg, what you got? Or who do you have? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Kyle Kyle Busch again. And if I change, if he if he don't produce or whatever, then I'm gonna swap something around. Well, he he slacked off last week and finished third. So uh, um, I'm I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm going to stick with the same horse. He's got bound to win sooner or later, and he's starting pretty well. I'm going to stay with Chase Elliott. Ronnie, what do you think? He wants Rex White. He picked number four. Uh, I, think Rex <laughs> I think that's Harvick. Rex made that number famous. He sure did. You know, and they've never honored him. I always thought it the thing to do, and he drove a Ford product. I mean, he drove a Mercury the last race he raced for you. For and your actually, dad. And actually, we put the four on it for the last couple of races they I, ran. That's what I know. But my point is, you know, they could have honored him at some point. Maybe they will. I wish they'd do it while he's still alive. This would be the, what, 59th anniversary of him winning the championship. I think Harvick's car would look good with that gold, white, and the red fours on it. That'd be a beautiful car. Alan, who you want? I'm going to take the fastest car out there, 48. Jimmy Johnson. Well, I tell you what, if he... Uh, yeah, I know one of his big defenders after I raked him over the coals for tearing up half the field and the clash and winning it. So, uh, well. see, you know, and I didn't get a chance to mention, um, Nelson, I don't know if you were there or not. You probably were down at Texas in, ni- in uh, 1997 when they had the first race going into the first turn because I watched it on uh, YouTube last night when Johnny Benson took out Darrell Waltrip and he finished dead last in the first race. Didn't even make it through the first turn. Right, well, the biggest thing on that first race 
all the parking lots with a swamp of cars and trucks getting stuck up to the axles. Eddie Gossage pulled one out of his hat. He made a deal with the state highway department, and he parked cars all up and down uh, the new uh, highway, which, uh, you know, was two or three lanes in each direction. Parked cars all up and down, had a fleet of school bus taking fans to the racetrack. So, you know, turned a disaster into something that worked out pretty good. Nelson, how many hot dogs did you end up eating last week at uh, Martinsville? Zero. Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, Greg's record is still pretty much intact. Uh, pretty much. Nobody came close that I know of. Well, yeah. Me and Berta was talking about it, and she she's heard that that, uh, that unofficial record I hold. And how many was that? Thirteen, I believe. Yeah. Thirteen it, it, hot dogs. Over how much time? Well, it's over a pretty good period of time, for one thing. Well, that's a lot for a weekend. But instead of, hey... Why not want to sit there and work on a race car when I can lily dolly around, talk to people, then go slide down there and get me a hot dog, and then just kind of slide back? If I saw somebody well, doing something a little bit wrong, I might bring somebody's attention or whatever. But I'm hoping the biggest question mark would probably be if my health holds out. I didn't talk like him, but I, I want to go up there and challenge my record again, or at least try to defend it. But well, I'll take you up there, but I don't know if I want to ride home with you. <laughs> well, well, I couldn't forget you know, about that. You need the one to drive me up there. That's, that's, right. that's the thing. I'll get you there. Go, go ahead, Nelson. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about people being smart. Uh, as Richard Petty uh, one time was talking to him, and uh, I said, you know, Richard, why do you spend all this time uh, signing autographs? And he said, well, I'll tell you like it is. A lot of you are sitting on the wall signing autographs and that is loading the truck and the hauler back up. Uh, Oops, Nelson. So, I... <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I, I'm actually I'm talking to Ronnie to make sure this thing <laughs> fires off in uh in exactly two minutes when we have our hard break. So uh I tell you what, um it's great talking to you and we will uh I'm glad you're out there. Wait a minute, he's Oh, got to push that button. Okay, yeah. He's trying to tell me, as you know, I'm trying to learn to run the board, and if I and I've got like one hour to learn it, since I got to do it by myself next week, so I don't think that's going to happen. But um, Nelson, you're the best. Thanks for coming on the show. I love your insight. We always do. And uh, be safe and careful out there in uh, Texas. Yeehaw. Okay. Well. We'll have uh, cup practice coming up a little bit if anybody's got FS1. And we've got uh, Xfinity race at what? Is that 1 o'clock? I believe it is. Well, you said We're things are fine right now. Things are backed up because of the rain, right? That's correct. Okay. All right. That's Nelson Crozier. And uh, Nelson is the best, and we appreciate him. Talk to you next week, buddy. You got it. Okay. Nelson Crozier. Who? Ronnie, what, what, what do you know about Nelson? He's the smartest man I know. Smartest man I know too, and uh, well, all the everything's set. <laughs> Looks good. Okay. Oh, we're going to get this down and have a smooth show one of these days. I would say probably around Daytona. That's Fourth of July. We ought to ought to have this thing learned. When we come back after our top of the hour break, we're going to have Jack Crab Jr., who is the oldest living riding mechanic, or he is the only living riding mechanic that I'm aware of, uh, um, from the Indianapolis 500, rode with uh, Shorty Cantlin in 1947, uh, 19... 
37. Shorty was killed there in 1947. That's what I was thinking about. But um, he's got a nickname. His nickname Smoke. And we're going to come back and talk to Smoke right after these messages. You are listening to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Drive-In Studios, Fox Sports Spartanburg. And we'll be back right after this. We are Your home for bump and run weekday mornings at 7 is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories, 468 Oak Grove Road, next to Westview Elementary, is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the Memories. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube. Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Hey, this is Arnie Spanier. In sports, a trade can make or break your team. A good one can mean a championship, but a bad one can set your franchise back for years. It's no different when it comes to selling or trading in your car. You need to make good choices, and with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Got a sports package or a moonroof? Watch as they bump up your car's value in real time. High mileage? You already know what it's going to cost you, but now you know how much it's going to ding your wallet so you can strategize your next move. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes. Then, just bring your car into a local certified dealer, and they'll check your car with you together. After that, you can cash out or trade in for a new ride. So, 
When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Cash offered, not available in all areas. Hey, not to brag, but Buffalo Wild Wings is the official chicken wing of the NCAA. Yep, soak it in. You know who isn't the official chicken wing of the NCAA? Your couch. Because your couch doesn't have a partnership deal with the NCAA. So do you want to be home on your couch, the official nothing of the NCAA? Or do you want to be at Buffalo Wild Wings? The official place that has lots of TVs and beers and screaming fans, and it's officially better than your couch for college basketball. Buffalo Wild Wings. Please drink responsibly. As the Blue Devils reach down and slap the floor. Here come the Blue Devils. The Brotherhood. O'Connell for three. Delorier in transition to throw it down. Dumps all by White. This is Duke basketball. Here at the lob. Williamson with a two-hand shot. Follow the Blue Devils all season long on your home for Duke basketball. Duke and Spartanburg Zone, Zion Williamson, right here on Fox Sports 1498 3FM. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. Fox Sports 1498 3FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And amateur button pusher. <laughs> I almost forgot to turn the mics on again. Um, okay. I've been working on this for about a month or so. And I want to give credit to a guy that doesn't want me to use his name. But I was turned on to this gentleman, uh, Mr. Jack Crabb, by a fellow that I met several years ago who sold me a brick from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that I've got sitting in my office. And I've bought a couple of them, a, a couple of them over the years and given them out for gifts. And um, so he's a big Indianapolis historian. And he knows of this gentleman that I'm bringing on here. Mr. Jack Crabb. Jack, welcome to Start Your Engines. Jack? Uh, hello? Yeah, Jack, this is uh, Perry Wood at Start Your Engines. How are you doing this morning? Oh, all right, Eric. Well, you know, it's quite a quite a bit of history that you um, you encompass. Sir? Are, we on the, are you on the radio? Yeah, we're all on the radio here. We're talking to you on a, from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and uh, we want to talk about your history as the uh, as the last surviving um, riding mechanic. You rode in 1937. Is that correct? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, you. Um, I, I mean, how did this come to be? Because you're not in the records any place, and of course, I had Jack. Actually, I got his daughter to um, send me a picture that was a couple of pictures that were taken of Jack uh, as a, uh, you know, in, in the pits and, and in the car. And so, you know, to document this, um, Jack, how did, oh, first of all, you've got a nickname. What, what do they call you, Jack? Uh, well, they call me Smoke. They call you Smoke. It was a Smoke back then, now. Well, you know, there's another famous smoke from Indiana that... Uh, uh, they all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, named Tony Stewart that lives uh, in from Rushville, Indiana. Ever, ever since I started that, he, 
all over the place. Okay. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you, uh, I know you grew up and were born in Indiana. And uh, how did you come to, to be, uh, now, now you were born in 1920, is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. And so, and he's ninety. You're ninety nine years old, and so at this time that you uh, you rode as a riding mechanic, you were seventeen. But you actually started going to the track a lot earlier than that through uh, meeting a lot of these people uh, in your family. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, what did your parents do to, to sort of help well, you? My 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 daddy was a bricklayer and and he um was he, my whole family was a long line of bricklayers and, and they come they uh the speedway hired them to fix the holes and and uh patches and different things that had to be done so we was around the speedway a lot and then my mama run uh a little restaurant and uh and a lot of the drivers and the people, it was right off the, uh, I think it was the third turn that uh, she had a restaurant back there that a lot of people would go to for lunch and stuff. And uh, so, I, you know, my daddy used to take me to the track. He'd have to be there on standby in case the brick come up. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's like unbelievable. That. It's incredible <laughs> talking to somebody from an era like that. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, it's Smoke. A long time, son. Well, well how, how did you come to, uh, I mean, did you just get to know people and, uh, 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 yeah, and, and get in the I pits? Like, I like watching, and they, uh, you know, they didn't have uh, none of these radios they got now, so they had to have a. Uh, uh, a sign they held up to tell the driver when to come in and stuff like that. And uh, I, I got to do that for uh, Shorty Cantlin, which he he hired they, his team there hired me to to be the sign holder. Hey, that's pretty that's pretty sharp. There's so much about this stuff that Perry sometimes chases down a story, and I have always been fascinated with the fact. Of the double drivers at Indianapolis. Well, or, or. It, 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 to me, you know, it was, well, first of all, let me say that they did it from 1911 until, I think, 1920, and then they went to single drive, you know, just a single driver. And, of course, Ray Haroon won the first Indy 500, but he didn't have a ride mechanic. He invented the rear vision mirror. Did you, I you, didn't know him. You didn't know Ray? No. Okay. And then, I didn't know him either. <laughs> and then from night, well, he was on I've Got a Secret with Gary Moore and A.J. Foyt. But anyway, uh, not, uh, yeah, I've Got a Secret. That's it. Anyway. I, I, AJ, I, AJ is the reason I quit going up there because he, he's mean and he run me out. He ran you out? He didn't get there till like 1958. Well, that's when he ran me out. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he run you out? I don't know. He didn't like my cooking or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, um, and then what I was going to say is in 1930, they came back with a, they called it the junk formula with big stock block engines and bigger cars. So they went back into the riding mechanic with the riding mechanics and, uh, and they had those from 1930 until 1937 when Jack uh, ran his last race there. Now, 
Um, Shorty Cantlin finished second in 1930, and that's who you rode with, and uh, that was his best finish, and that was as a rookie. So, uh, so I mean, how what got you in the car that day? Well, I, I you know, I worked at my mama's restaurant and everything, so I had learned to cook pretty good, even though I was just uh, I was uh, uh, 16, 17 or something, I don't know. And, and uh, so I had, they had got me to cook some chili for them. And I, I, it was pretty good. People liked it and everything. And, and uh, but I, I tell you that other fella, uh, Freddie, uh, Freddie Mango, I think he was the, supposed to be the ride mechanic for him. And he, um, ate two, three bowls of that chili. And the last time they come in, he jumped out of that car and threw his uh, helmet down and it run back, I guess, to the bathroom. And, uh, <laughs> They they looked around and, and and I knew all the signals and stuff because of the holding up the board, and so they said, uh, 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 "Smoke, get in that, get in that, uh, get in that, get that helmet on, and get in the car. We got to go. We ain't got time to do nothing here. There wasn't nobody else there that could do it, so." I hopped in there and off we went. Have you ever had you ever been around now? Now, so you actually didn't start the race. No, it was another fellow there, uh, Freddie Mangold. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so how many laps did you run? Now he didn't actually. Um, he did not finish uh, all the laps. He only completed 182 laps that year, and uh, um, so. You know, yeah, he went to the bathroom right after we got through, too. <laughs> <laughs> and so, actually, you were the last car running, which um, makes you the last guy that ever took a lap around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in a, um, in, during the race. Y'all finished 16th. I had to look it up here for a second. Started 25th and finished I, I, I 16th. Found, I found, I found about right. Well, did, you, did they pay you anything for doing this? Uh, they, uh, told me I could have a percentage of the winnings, but that didn't amount to much. So, you know, they just paid me for cooking for them. I was the team cook. I gotcha. Before I was the, the, the riding mechanic. Did, did you, um, had you ever been around the track before? I mean, you know, in the oh, car yeah, at, at yeah. that speed? Yeah, I used to, they let me ride a few times during practice and stuff. Uh, and I, I had an idea what I was supposed to do. Uh, you know, I, I was, uh, uh, you had to pump the oil and stuff. I almost said the wrong thing there. But, but, uh, you, you had to do, you know, and signal and, um, uh, you know, you, you, you had to keep your eye on the dip board because that's the only way they had to tell anybody. So I, I would, you know, have to poke. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what I always liked was the fact that uh, that the driver, you didn't have to have a spotter. The spotter rode in the car with him. So I well, think that's I, always a plus to it. That's right. I don't know. Squirting oil in the motor and yeah. looking out for the driver. Ain't no bad idea. Well, Smoke, what did you do after the race? 
after the race, uh, well, after the race, uh, let's see, it was World War II come along. Well, what, what did you do in the war? What? What did what you did do that? in the war? Oh, I was in the Army. Uh, yeah, but the Japanese army. Uh, no, are you well, sure you remember that right? Uh, well, I had to explain that. Cause I, I went in the U.S. Army, and then they recruited me to do some work. I was pretty, uh, you know, I was grown some more after that, and, and they sent me on a suicide mission, but I come back, so I, I think they were... Disappointed, what? so they they uh, told me I had to be uh, uh, their expert on the Japanese army. So they sent me these reports after they got decoded, and I wrote those other reports. But I don't, I don't know that I did any good. But that's what I did. But you weren't actually in the Japanese army. You just had to. Put- uh, oh well. No, I wasn't actually in it because I, <laughs> I, I knew everything that was going on and, you know, who was getting promoted and who was having to commit suicide and all that kind of stuff. Harry Carey? I don't know if he was there or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Harry Carey was a movie star back in those days. So That's I, right. I forgot that. Well, his son was too in a, in, in a lot of John Wayne movies and John Ford movies. Well, Smoke, what did you do? Um, I mean, after the war, did, did you have a family? Did you raise kids? Did you uh, work in a you know private sector and uh, uh, well, I, write a book? I did, I did. I never wrote no book, but I, I uh, uh, you know, I got married two or three times, I think, and uh, I, I got a, a, some kids here and there. But you know, right after the war, I, I tried to. Uh, uh, I went out to California to see if I could get in the movie. And, uh, you know, I told him I was a driver and everything. So I went, I had a job. I was a, a, a driver for uh, a, a Rochester Anderson, who was... Uh, Eddie Anderson from Jack Eddie Benny? Andrew, that was him. Uh, and and I, I was his uh, driver for uh, two or three years out there. And uh, that was interesting. And uh, so you got to meet a lot of Hollywood stars. Well, I don't know if you call it meeting them. I, I saw them. You know, they we saw them a lot. Yeah, I saw all all the big names: the Hoplon Cast, the Three Stooges, everybody. <laughs> all the big names, huh? Yeah. Okay. Where do you live now, Jack? I, I'm in a. a I guess you call it an old folks home. Uh, I, I'm uh, in, in, in Pikeville, Kentucky, and I kept they kept moving. I, I've been in a bunch of these things. Called, they keep making me move, and uh, so I got this one in Pikeville here. Well, I, I tell you what, it, as, as far as I'm concerned, you're a you're a national treasure, and uh, and. Uh, it's just, it's great having you on the show, and uh, you remember a lot. You're still sharp as a tack. It, you know, I wish I, I was that. I hope I'm that sharp when I'm 99, if I make it that far. Well, 
well, I'm sharp on one end, but the other end's kind of beat up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that back was... The, go back ahead. In the, back in the 50s, I, I tried to sell souvenirs at the racetrack, and, and I, I did some of those uh, stock cars, and um, I had a contract to do for uh, some Walter color and uh, they, I had to go out of that business because I couldn't sell it. And, and, and then uh, I met this girl down there uh, who they all liked. Her name was uh, Linda Vaughn. And uh, she still comes to see me every once in a while. So I liked her a lot. Well, I liked her a lot, too. <laughs> she was, I think a lot of people liked her a lot. Linda Vaughn, of course, was Miss... Uh, she was a lot of Miss Everythings. Miss Hearst Golden Shifter and Miss Firebird and everything. Well, Jack, we up against a break here. Look, it's been great having you on the show. I'm so glad I was finally able to talk you into coming on. And um, maybe in May, when it gets closer to the 500, we can have you back on for a few minutes. Uh, well, if I make it that long, I could tell you more about my hot sauce and all this stuff. Everything is a lot of stuff back there. But anyway... You go on ahead, then, and, and uh, y'all, y'all keep them, um, keep that radio station going. It's hard to find a very good radio station anymore. Well, well, you know, you can pick them up on the air or uh, on the internet, and um, on your smartphone, and uh, can, we're everywhere. You can get them on the net. On the net, yep, we uh, we. You're going all you're going all around the world right now, and I can't wait to hear the reaction when uh fishing net. No, it was the internet, the, the network. Oh, I remember the network. It was uh, NBC or something. Yeah, NBC. Well, we're on Fox, which is one of the newer networks. But we got to go now. Smoke. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. All right. Well, y'all. Uh, I'll do what you can, and I'll uh, do what I can. Okay. Thank you very much. That smoke wood. I tell you what, that was a heck of an interview. It was. That was unbelievable. Yep. I just wished I lived that, be that old. <laughs> well, you might. <laughs> You've got a ways to go yet. But we're going to take our last break here. and, and uh, No, our next to last break. And then Alan is going to tell us how it went at Cherokee Speedway last week. And uh, I'm going to sit here and just relish that last 20 minute interview that was fantastic i love that you are listening to fox sports spartanburg and uh what am i doing here ronnie pushing arrakis up and we'll be back after this start your engines we'll be back after this quick pit stop on fox sports 1498.3 fm for years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirits' tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirits carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirits apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirits, Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. This is the sound a McDonald's bag makes when you grab it. Now that just sounds like a paper bag, but to Nate, it sounds like... Because Nate hooked himself up like a champ. 
and proved you can save on the delicious food you crave. Wake up to the freshly prepared McChicken Biscuit or the sweet and savory taste of the new Chicken McGriddles. Just $1.59 each. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. I used to have a sweet tooth, had it removed when I was a kid. So what do I crave instead of chocolate? A big red box from Granger. Granger satisfies my craving for great customer service with 24-7 support, effortless ordering, and same-day pickup or next-day delivery options. No busy signals, no cavities. I love Granger. You know why? Because when it comes to reliable product and technical support, Granger's got your back. Call or click Granger.com to see for yourself. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Ben Maller. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. All it takes is 15 minutes to find out if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And Geico offers coverage for more than just car insurance. Got a motorcycle? Geico's got you covered. Got an RV? Covered. Got a boat? Covered. And there's so much more Geico could help with. Plus, don't forget the discounts. So listen up. Go to Geico.com today. See how much you could save. That's Geico.com. Open Mic Daily is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. Hi, is anyone there? How do we explain our longevity? Clean living, for one. A keen grasp of reality. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at 3 on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Can we get some more music instead of this that plays out? You know, I, I, I wrote a CD one time. It'd be nice to have my music on there. What, what do we have to come up sometime and arrange that? Okay. Well, welcome back to uh, Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And uh, I'm still sort of out of breath from that last interview. That was, uh, he's something else. Yes, he was. Um, okay. Cherokee Speedway. What happened last week? Because uh, I'm sitting there trying to eat some Chinese, uh, some uh, pepper steak last night, and, and I'm dying to know how Alan did, and uh, he says it didn't go too good. So ex- ex- explain that a little bit. Well, uh, we kind of, I ain't going to say kind of hemmed ourselves up in a box, but I'm going to st- start out by thanking all the people that walked up to me at the racetrack, said, great job y'all doing on radio station, stuff like that. Also had a couple of people talk to me. They said, uh, we want a phone number to be able to call in. So uh, Give it out. This, this phone number is kind of simple, 864-468-1400. All you do is reverse your area code backwards and then put 
put 1,400 on it. And this station's been on 1,400 since I was a little bitty boy. Yep. So the same building, same uh, same frequency. But uh, last Sunday we had this uh, March Madness, which was been postponed for about three weeks, and they finally got it all together to where some of our super late ball boys could come in and race on a three night deal around here. Uh, as far as results go, here at Gaffney Speedway or Cherokee Speedway, let's start out with the Crate Sportsman Division. Secret Crate Sportsman went to Caleb McLaughlin in the 08 car. Uh, matter of fact, there was a little controversy at the scales. Three out of the first five cars were lapped. And then being light at the scales, they give you one chance to push your car back off the scales, push your car back up on the scales. If it reads the same, you're tossed out. The leader got the winner got tossed out, and uh, so there was there was a little hot hot tempers there to skills, but it all worked out for Caleb McLaughlin. Let's go to the mechanical edge stock four. Went to Rod Tucker in the number eight car. Let's go to Joe's Towing Limited Sportsman. That's my division, but I have to give it to Ricky Green, the number two six one. Drove a real good race. Uh, Sika Late Models went to John Ruggiero Jr., number 44 car. All right, we're going to move on down to the Sika Thunder Bomber. Went to the first place, went to Daniel Massey, number 54. And now we're going to get to our main event car, which our main event division, which was the Southern All-Stars Late Model, paid 12000 to win. First place went to Jonathan Davenport also known as Superman. And Superman, he pulled that cape out last Sunday at that racetrack, and he kind of left here. L- let me ask you a question here real quick. W- what do we know about Scott Bloomquist? Scott Bloomquist did not did not make the show. His car did not make the show. I kind of got hint that somebody else was actually going to be driving his car there, but his car did not make the field, or matter of fact, it was not in the garage, or... I say in the pit area. We well, don't have garage areas, right? But um, as far as his health after the motorcycle accident, well, I've heard uh, I've heard he's got a broke leg. So you know, whenever you got a cast on your leg, I don't know if it's right leg or if it's left leg or if it's right leg. You know, if you got a cast on that right leg, that's your gas pedal. Well, I don't think they're going to let you in the car because it'd be probably too hard to get out in case of a problem. Okay, go ahead with your results. But uh, second place goes to a local in that super late model All-Stars. Second place went to a local boy here, Ross Bales, in the number 87 car. Uh, Third place went to uh, Jimmy Owens. And I heard that actually Jimmy Owens won the $12,000 race at Smoky Mountain Speedway the night before. Okay, as far as uh, March Madness results at Gaffney, that was it. Uh, we're going to go to Traveler's Rest Speedway, which raced last night. They had seven divisions there. Our Thunder Bomber division, Josh Helms in the 101. That was our guest last week. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, he was. He's the one that also prepares the track, right? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he helped third track everybody thought that gaffney was going to be well we're going to jump back to gaffney here for a second uh we had a little bit of practice session everybody thought the racetrack was going to get a little rough but actually on sunday afternoon you couldn't ask the track kind of blacked over a little bit but as far as smoothness she was smooth and she was fast good so the boys had done that job matter of fact when we left there at 9 30 uh saturday night them boys was already plowing that racetrack up spraying it with some kind of 
I don't know, dish detergent, <laughs> track prep, whatever they want to call it. As a matter of fact, there's a couple of cars where there's already where there's already applying the racetrack up. There's a couple of guys that got stuck trying to get across the racetrack because they had not got their trucks and trailers across. But well, you showed me that drone picture out there in the lobby. That track's beautiful. Oh. I mean, it looked had a. I mean, it almost looked asphalt. <laughs> well, around the middle, around the groove. On a, on a day race, they'd get like that. But now come night racing, whenever especially it's cool like tonight, the moisture will keep coming up out of the racetrack. It will stay a red-looking clay. And uh, But that was just a Sunday afternoon race. And whenever you start, I think there was about 35 super late models there. So whenever you got 35 super late model cars there that's really setting that track on, I ain't going to say setting it on fire, but getting around that racetrack. They, uh, they'll leave a little bit of their tires on that racetrack. But let's get back there to Traveler's Rest. Uh, Thunder Bomber, like I said, was Josh Helms in the 101. The Seeker Crate Sportsman went to Lee Higdon in the number 51 car. The 602 Crate Late Model. Let's go with John Price in the 4P car. Renegade 8. Here comes another name that you know. Wally Fowler in the two car. I want him on the show. Well, I'll get him on this show for you. Let's go to Pure Stock Division. Kevin Nations in the N1. Front wheel drive goes to a Chris Coggins in the 69 car. Young Guns went to a Jake Johnson in the Junior 1 car. Okay. As far as tonight, we got another racetrack that's coming up on the venue tonight, and that's going to be Harris Speedway. Harris is going to have their first, I think, their first race this year. They're going to have eight divisions there. Starting off, they're going to have Limited Sportsman. They're going to have Renegade Stock 8 Crate Sportsman. That's one class combined. They're going to have the Pure Stock Divisions there. They're going to have a front-wheel drive. They're going to have a V6 front-wheel drive, a Young Guns, a Stock 4, and a Thumber Bomber Division. Pit gates are there. are going to open up at 4 o'clock today. It's going to be $25 to get in the pits. Stands today will open up at 5, and it's only going to be $6 to sit in the stands. Drivers meeting at 6 o'clock this evening. Okay. Also on the, today's uh, schedule, we got Cherokee Speedway tonight. They're going to be racing seven divisions. They're going to be running the Fuel Racing Series there. I think that is a 604 or maybe the 525 motor, crate motor. They got the 602 crate late models, the crate sportsman division, the renegade division, the stock four division, extreme four, thunder bomber division. Gates at Gaffney will open this afternoon at 430. Drivers meeting will be at 7 o'clock this evening. Uh, a lot of good racing going on tonight. Uh you know, me, myself, I kind of like this limited sportsman division. Uh, I'd probably like to went to Harris tonight, but my daughter and them are going to the lake this weekend, so my car is going to stay on jack stands. So uh, these boys have been asking me here lately about uh, what happened to me last week. You know, well, I just kind of got outrun. You know, I mean, if you uh, were qualified fifth, uh, we got some uh, boys that's in front of us that had crate motors. We had one at 602 crate motor. Well, actually, there's two of them. And uh, we had a couple of them that had the 604 crate motors, which they give them a good bit of weight break. 
I can't. It's kind of hard for me to compete with weight breaks. Um, I mean, is this a different class than you're used to running in, or something? That, uh, uh, what's going on here that you're? Uh, I mean, I thought all the cars. I, th- I would think every car would be like yours, and nobody would have a weight break. I mean, I, I don't know how that works. Well, uh, about I, I know the weight break's supposed to make it even, but it sounds like it doesn't. Well, some of these boys last year, they kind of, you know, in the rule book, it says that there's a bunch of old T&L cars out here. They used to call them Thunder and Lightning cars. And uh, our rule book said T&L car may run a 602 crate motor. Well, some of these boys is kind of, you know, you start reading in between them rules and stuff like that. Next thing I know, D602s got shorn up in these different cars and stuff. And it said that the crate motor could actually weigh, you know, less, which was a good bit less, 2,700 pounds. And I'm sitting here weighing 3,325. A big and difference. Good bit of difference, yes, sir. So, uh, what can I say? I mean, everybody's asking me, am I going to go get me a crate motor and stuff like that? But I can't see going and getting a crate motor. I mean, that's uh, I've got three limited sportsman motors sitting in the floor. I actually got two sitting in the floor, one sitting in the car. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's the rules. I've got to either live by them or, you know, we got, we got to do something. I just can't see changing my car and... Uh, we just got to pick up some more speed somewhere. Well, I mean, uh, for somebody that's dominated over there uh, as you have, it's uh, it seems a shame that you are uh, you're not running. I mean, you know, something's not right someplace. I don't think it's you. Well, you know, you, you track owner he he tries to make it competitive. You got to look at his side of it. You know, don't get me wrong. Somebody asked me over there this I, when my car went out on the speedway. I. Uh, I was sitting in a chair up in the middle of a trailer, and the guy sitting up stands, he called me on the phone. He said, uh, you're not watching this? I said, no. Nah. You know, I kind of feel like, uh, I, I, you know, kind of feels like take, going to a chicken fight. And I stopped at the lake, got me a big, fat, white duck. And I just <laughs> patted him on the head and threw him out there. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. I, I just looked at it and said, well, you know, uh, but... Uh, We'll we'll work on this. I mean, one way or the other, we're gonna we're gonna race. I mean, but you know, I kind of another thing is uh, last year all our tire markers they come in at eighty eight and a half, eighty eight and a quarter, and stuff like that. And I thought I had be a good right rear tire for this uh, main event tire, t- you know, time when it got there. And uh, whenever I went up and got my new tires, all the tire markers come back. This year, they're coming back 89 and a half, 89 and three quarters. So that kind of put my left rear tire going to be larger than my right rear tire. And it's going to actually just kind of de-stagger my car. So that won't work. I know that much. That won't work. So I had to go buy a new right rear hard tire. And whenever you run in 33, 25, I have to start to race on a harder tire than the boys that are 450 pounds to 550 pounds lighter than me. And it takes, you know, two or three laps for my tire to come in. And don't get me wrong, if uh, by the time you chase them back down, if you have a caution, then we go back to chasing them down again. We got about a minute left. Tell us about the IMSA real quick. IMSA, I got a text from my brother. 
the IMSA, they come up and... Uh, now, this is the sports cars that ran at Sebring last week. Yep. Actually, it's two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, uh, they had not posted up the results yet, and I texted my brother. I said, uh, they haven't posted up. Y'all is posting winners. He said, well, IMSA here today at their garage going through checks. They haven't posted Sebring's results as final yet. They think that they was actually... Uh, Fudging on the rules again, or not again, just fudging on the rules. So uh, I told him, I said, well, you know, he he takes me back. He said, you know, Daddy told us not to be able to cheat. So <laughs> he takes me back about two hours later. He said, everything is good. They posted it up. They actually won. I texted him back. I said, give me the trophy. There you go. You said something about they got so many, they're using them as doorstops and things? Yeah. Uh, he sent me a picture where uh, they've actually got a few of them sitting in the floor up there in the shop and stuff like that. But uh, I'd like to congratulate them on winning that race. They'll be racing in two weeks, I think, uh, April the 13th at Long Beach. Right. That's probably the Indy week out there. Is that Indy week? So okay. They'll actually race with them. I want him on the show, too. Okay. Your brother and... Wally Fowler. Wally Fowler. As okay. matter of fact, I had lunch with Wally this week. I thought you didn't get along with him. Uh, off the racetrack, we're, we're really good. Oh, okay. But once we put race cars on the racetrack, it goes to a different uh, different friendship. Okay. All right. We're going to take our last break here and come back and sort of wrap everything up. And, uh, okay, move this one up and hit that right there. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, plant day. Seventy years. How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, plant day. Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a plant day? Call it. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina.
Arena in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Hey, Mitch, do you like barbecue? Are you kidding me? I love barbecues, hot dogs, burgers. No, 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 Mitch. Not not that stuff. Not just random stuff cooked on grill. I'm talking about real southern barbecue, brisket, pulled pork, ribs. Hmm, that does sound good. Where can I get that kind of barbecue? I'll tell you what. The best place around is Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. They have authentic southern barbecue, like those ribs, that brisket, and that pulled pork, all coupled with great sides like macaroni and cheese, slaw, potato salad, baked beans. It's all great stuff. Game Day Barbecue Highway 290 in Duncan. This ain't no Yankee barbecue. They do things the old-fashioned way. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on. Let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours, too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Ask yourself, if you built a van for your business, where would you start? At the beginning, of course, with the people who invented the work van over 100 years ago, Mercedes-Benz. You'd give your new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter advanced technology and safety to keep you connected and protected. You'd make it available in diesel and gas, and there would be thousands of configurations and upfits to choose from. You build it right here in the USA, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves nothing less than a van that's built for you. Introducing the all-new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, the safest, most innovative Sprinter yet, starting at just 33790 Built for you, the all-new Sprinter, built in the USA. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Equipment described as optional. 2019 Mercedes-Benz printer available soon. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to our final segment. That's the first decent song I've heard. Almost let let it play a little bit. I want to touch on a little bit here from uh, IndyCar last week where, as we were talking there during the break, it was some some pretty, uh, I'd have to say, monumental occurrence last week. We had uh, the winner of the race there at the... uh, Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, that beautiful road course they built there specifically for racing. Colton Herta won, and that's the son of Brian Herta, who was um, active in Indy for many years. But he's 18 years old and 11 months. That is the youngest IndyCar winner in history. And that goes back before uh, Smoke Crab and Ray Haroon. I mean, that goes all the way back to the beginning. And um, it was his third start. He's the youngest winner ever. And it was a third start for this new team of uh, Harding-Steinbrenner Racing. And if Steinbrenner sounds familiar, yep, that's uh, uh, the Yankees' ex-owner. Of, what's it? I'm blank. What's his first name? Uh, that's the manager. George Steinbrenner. Yeah. yeah. No, it was the owner. It wasn't the manager. It was the owner. But he was in the news yeah. like yeah. every day firing. Oh, he, was de- he was definitely the owner. He, he fired me- Billy Martin about every week. <laughs> they even done it on a TV commercial one time, done it. 
But anyway. Yeah, but Colton Herta won it at uh, at the Indy race last week in Austin, Texas. And uh, actually, Will Power had the pole and was probably going to win. But they had a caution flag when uh, he uh, had a little run in there with um, the that rookie that I told you last week that was running for Ganassi, uh, Felix Rosenquist, got together. And during the ensuing caution flag, Power... Uh, had a, I think a drive shaft broke or something. So, you know, something that's not really going to happen. I don't even know if a rear engine car has a drive shaft, but something in the drive train broke. And, but Col- Colton Herta, youngest win, Indy winner ever for us. Harding Steinbrenner Racing, he was the winner. Uh, Joseph Newgarden was second. Ryan Hunter Ray, third. Graham Rahal, fourth. And Sebastian Bourdais, fifth. Um, the point standings are Newgard, Newgarden has a an 18-point lead over Herta, both of the race winners so far this year. Scott Dixon is third. Alexander Rossi is fourth. And Graham Rahal is fifth. Um, touching on Xfinity real quick. That's at 1 o'clock this afternoon. They didn't run last week, but Tyler Reddick is winning the points. And our local driver here, Jeremy Clements, the Spartanburg team, has gotten better every week. And he's up to 16th in the standings, two points out of 15th behind Gray Galding and 131 points out of the lead. So um, he's doing much better. And the um, Cup cars run tomorrow at 1, Xfinity's today at 1. I'm sorry, my thing here says uh, the race tomorrow for the Cup cars is at 3, and that's on Fox. Uh, FS1 today for the Xfinity cars at um, Texas. The trucks ran last night, and we won't even go there again. Um, India's off this week. They will be at, not with the IMSA cars. That wouldn't, I don't really think they'd do that. They're at the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama next week. And uh, that road course down in Birmingham called uh, Barber Motorsports Park. And if you're a late night uh, owl, I'm not going to get a chance, I don't think, to tell my Bahrain story. I'm not going to anyway. Um, but the Formula One is running in Bahrain. And I wanted to dedicate the second hour of this show. I dedicated the first hour to my wife, whose birthday's Monday. I want to dedicate, de- dedicate the second hour of the show to my mother, who passed away seven years ago. But she's, uh, her b- birthday is today. And, uh, congratulations. And, um, her son, uh, was on the show right after the 11 o'clock hour. And that's my brother, Smoke, Smokey Wood, Jesse Landrum Wood III. And he played the part in our little skit there of Jake, of Jack Crab, that, um, that riding mechanic story and something we've been working on for a little while that was totally fictitious. And uh, all I can say about that is April Fool's. April Fool's. Yes, well, in two days it will be April Fool's. <laughs> and we've worked on this period, worked on researched it. A lot of the things that said are kind of true. Well, it actually was a pretty good history lesson. It was a good history lesson. Smoke uh, done wonderful. Smoke did a great job. Uh, he's he's not quite 99 yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be telling that. No, he's not. He's five years older than me and my brother Smoke. And that is his nickname. That's why we uh, yep. we had to do that to give me a safety net because I'd have called him Smoke. So we had to make him his name Smoke in the, uh, the little bit we did there. But none of that was true. And I want to point out that, well, here the part that was true was uh, Shorty Cantlin did run 182 laps and finished 16th, but his riding mechanic, who was Freddie Mangold, did not get out of the car uh, at all and ran the whole race and, in fact, was a fixture up at Indianapolis for years. Uh, 
you can pull him up on the internet and he was there in the 90s selling hats and gloves and helmets and you know all sorts of his memorabilia but um that was a little uh april fool it was a trick. good it was a good april fool but at the same time perry there was a pretty good history left and about when a lot of people didn't know it ended for a long time, they run two people, of course. Right. They had a mechanic sitting over there, and it's like Smoke said. He might be squirting oil in the motor. He might be readjusting the driver's mirror. And we've seen that old movie with Kurt Ducks, and turning around looking. It's kind of like your spotter rides with you. Yeah. And your mechanic. Well, that's exactly right. You know, I never thought of it that way, but he was your spotter riding I mean, in the car with you. But uh, if you Google riding mechanic, uh, of course, we've got Indy coming up next month, and we'll, we'll do a lot of this stuff, but uh, talking about the history because I just love it to death. But he would even massage the driver's hand. He would rub his shoulders. You know, he, he'd do a lot. And the sad thing about it was now in 1937, there was a riding mechanic killed in qualifying or practice. They only made four laps uh, of his 10-lap qualifying run. And the car crashed, and his name was Albert Opaco, and he was the last riding mechanic killed at Indy. And the thing about it was, they were they had so many deaths and things back in those days. They were the riding mechanic enabled them to kill them two at a time, because usually when the driver died, the riding mechanic died, or if one of one, maybe one of them would live. But it was just a it was a heck of a time. Nineteen thirty seven. And I won't get into all of this right now, but that was the first year they paved the turns at Indy. The straightaways were still brick. So there was a lot going on, but I want to thank my brother Smoke for pulling off that gag. He, he uh, done good. He doesn't sound anything like that. Maybe we'll get him to call in next week for just a minute or two, but uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. We, When he told me last night, we were sort of going over it a little bit, and I said, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you, you know, somebody's going to ask you what you did after, you know, the rest of your life. And, and he said, well, Especially in the war, and he said, "Well, I, I'm going to tell him I was in the Japanese army, and I like to die laughing." And I didn't think there was any chance he'd try to pull that off. But my brother went to the Citadel, and he's a big military historian, sort of like I am with racing. He can tell you anything about any war, pretty much. And he travels around to these battlefields, and he and his wife Anne, and they uh, are really into it. And I find it fascinating myself. I just don't have time to do all of that stuff. I can't do everything, so. Uh, but I do like the battlefields, and he's real big into that. And, um, you know, he was able to uh, do uh, a, a lot of these tours, like Gettysburg and all up around Virginia, Manassas. And, you know, he's just been to a lot, lot of battlefields and served in the military. So, And he served in the military in Germany. You know, I thought that might be a good angle for him to go. He, he could say, well, I was in artillery in Germany, and it wouldn't have been a lie. It just wouldn't have been in World War Two, but... Smoke, smoke went through a bunch. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Smoke, smoke, your brother went through a lot. And he still supports racing. <clears throat> Him and Perry get together. You think that both of them might as well be 10 years old. Just like when I get with them. We just go back in time. But uh, to me, not only that being a, a, one of the best April Fools, there was a, a pretty good day, little bit of education thrown in there at people because... It wasn't that bad of an idea. No, it was a good idea. I, I thought about it last year when the first year I hosted the show and I didn't do anything about it. And uh, when Dale Wilkerson, you know, when I was on Dropping the Hammer with him, I, I, I thought about it and never, never. But I said, you know, this year, who knows if I'll be here next year? Who knows what's going to happen? So I, I better do it this year. And I also want to... Um, I want to thank Greg for not saying... Because, see, my brother ran around with, with Greg's bro brother, Daryl. 
And uh, I want to thank Greg for not saying something like, well, Smoke, you and my brother used to run around <laughs> Spartanburg back in the late 60s. And, I, hey. and uh, that would have been a natural thing to screw up. And uh, and so Smoke said, well, I'll just tell him he's crazy. So, uh, but well, that, that would have, be true. Well, and uh, our papers are proving. <laughs> no, you don't. But no, I don't. But, but, but that was uh, Smoke, uh, my brother Smoke and Greg's brother Daryl, both uh, born in 19... 19- well, they both were seniors at high school and graduated in 1965. Right. I think Daryl was actually born in 46, wasn't he? They was in the same grade. Yeah, they were the same. Smoke, Smoke was in January of 47. Yeah. Daryl Moore and, and Smokey Wood were the same age. Perry was like a year or two younger than my brother, Brenny. And they run around. And I was born in 57, which, let's do the math, I had to be. You're five years younger than me. Huh? You're five years younger than me. I know. I know I'm not young. Well, I thought that's where you were going. Yeah, anyway. that's where I'm going with that. But I did have, get to have a lot of fun because mom would holler at the door and say, y'all got to let the baby play with me. I mean, play with him. Well, sometimes that was okay and sometimes it wasn't. But usually they let it slide and we've had bicycle crashes and a lot of stuff. Uh, just got past a note here. You want to... Uh. Greg, this is Alan. Uh, I read in the paper this week, I think you had a Joel Register work with y'all. He was y'all's tire specialist back in the day. I, de- I just heard about, hey, I need. Okay, we got one minute. Okay, I got one of our best weekend warriors. We learned it after the fact. Joey Register. He come to the racetrack with uh, just like Danny Fowler and Ray Harris and all these people. Uh I did not know it, but he he passed away sometime yesterday morning. And I'm sorry to hear that. I heard about it, but they had already done the funeral and stuff before I heard about it. But you talking about a heck of a good guy that would help you. And like I say, he'd done a lot of painting and everything. He he contributed a lot to the cause of Bud Moore Engineering, and he was he fit right in. And I don't know. I I've just been kind of flabbergasted about it. Daryl was pretty upset about it too, but when he called me, you know, it was over. But Joe Rester, first class. Well, and we always want to try to mention things like this when it comes to our attention and um, appreciate you bringing that up, Alan. We uh, actually had a had a lot more we could have done today. I, I want to, I mean, as far as the all the trees that got killed with all this stack of paper here that I never even got close to, uh, I don't know why I printed out five pages on Daryl Walter. <laughs> I didn't use any of it, but you know, I want to thank Greg for for getting Daryl and Daryl coming on the show. And you know, I got to tell you, I can't stand boogity 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 when it first started, but when he does it on our radio show, I, I kind of like it. Sounds a little better. It sounds a lot better. Yeah, I got one more thing. To Real say, quick, Greg, and I'll shut my mouth because you know what's to get started. Quick, okay. go. I have had a response back from Dave to Spain. Now, if we don't get him this weekend, we're going to get him. But he was in the middle of doing something, so he's a pretty neat guy to get on the radio. Well, you just keep trying. Greg does a great job every week. Sometimes they don't let us know they're coming on the show till like, Friday afternoon. and Or, in this case, it was Thursday when he locked up Daryl. So, we, uh, you know, I like to get it out there so they can mention it on the other shows here on Start Your Engine, on, uh, on Fox Sports Spartanburg of the guests that we're going to have on Start Your Engine. So I was real proud that 
Yesterday, I was able to text Ryan Clary, and uh, I even called in to open Mike Daly and told him who he had on. And once again, thank Darrell Walter for coming on. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Ronnie. I'm trying to learn to push these buttons. And, Greg, you always do a great job. And we just, um, if there's anything ragged about this show, it's, it's the nut behind the microphone over here trying to push these buttons and make it work right. But that's the way it is. I got to learn it pretty soon. What do I pull up? This one? There we go. There we go. And we will be back next week with another episode of Start Your Engines. And until that time, be safe and keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. The home of the Spartanburg Vikings is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. This is all I can hold up. Now on FM at 98.3.